say just Jepson. It's kind of, or might say JJ, whatever comes out for the day. It is Sunday. I don't even know the date, January 7th. Um, and welcome. I hope that you enjoyed the last podcast where I talked about the hardest five years to date of my life. Um, and I realized that I forgot to talk about a few things <laughs> that were huge during those five years that I left out. I think I've just blocked them from my memory, but one of them was like after the tonsillectomies, after all the tubes, uh, during that time, Treyu, who at the time was three, he didn't have tubes. He didn't have a tonsillectomy. I was like, yeah, hallelujah, brother. He's the only one that's not having a problem. But he was developing this horrible rash on his leg. And I was like, what is happening? And <clears throat> earlier I had taken him, in, him into the doctor and he had strep throat. Surprise, surprise. And so they gave him, um, sometimes I prefer just to give him the rosefin shot, which is just like a one and done, get her done. Uh, instead of like a 10 day antibiotic, because when my kids are on antibiotics, especially ceftonir, they uh, develop C. diff, which is Clostridium difficile, difficile. I don't even know how you say it, but it's a horrible, horrible gastric like problem that can be fatal, you know, and turn into um, colitis and just, just tear your insides apart. So Xander has had that twice. Kenya has had that. Um, and so I was trying to prevent that for Treyu and gave him the Rosefin shot in his quad, um, which is an antibiotic, which just, you know, goes right into the bloodstream and takes care of the uh, strep. But what we didn't know at the time was that he didn't have strep and that there's another nasty virus that takes the shape that can mask itself as strep. And he developed this horrible rash on his leg. We didn't put two and two together. The doctors had to get second opinions because his leg was red, raw, and rock hard. And we did not know why. Um, and itchy and hot. It was like his leg had a fever. And he um, ended up having, I took him to primaries because his lymph nodes, like he had like tennis balls in his throat. And they finally, they didn't know what it was. And finally after doing blood work, um, he had acute mononucleosis, which is just mono, freaking mono in a three-year-old. And people made me feel so stupid because they were like, how does a three-year-old get mono? I was like, I don't know. But the doctors thought it was strep. So we gave him this antibiotic, but this antibiotic had a very adverse reaction, um, or his body had an adverse reaction to the Rosefin shot that was supposed to be meant for the strep, but he didn't have strep at all. It was in fact mono. So that was trippy. And then I forgot to mention that Kenya um, was vomiting profusely and diarrhea like double dragon. And it was bad. And she was 18 months old. And I was like, what is happening to this little, this little baby's body? Um, just, again, shredding her insides apart. So I ended up taking her to primaries because she was so dehydrated. And uh, she tested positive for rotavirus. I was like, what? What the heck? We, she was immunized for that. It was kind of my first real taste of what was happening um, or, or how immunizations and vaccines and sicknesses work. Like, yes, she was immunized for it. Yes, she had the vaccine. But I, I said to the nurse, I'm like, she was immunized for that. Like me thinking that she won't get that ever again. She said, well, Rhoda, I even remember her like 
quoting it as Rhoda. She's like, Rhoda broke through. Like, Rhoda's a freaking woman or like this person that broke through. Rhoda broke through the vaccine. And it could have been fatal had she not had the vaccine. But since she had a little bit of help from, you know, immunities from the vaccine, then at least we're here. So then there was that. And then I forgot to mention, of course, my awful wrist break. Um, But that is a podcast in and of itself. And it's probably a three-part session. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So just some things to add to the most horrible five years of my life was the rotavirus, the mononucleosis, and my babies. And then my my wrist injury. So let's just get that out of the way. Today, (laughs) five minutes later, I want to talk about a gritty mama. This is a gritty mama edition of the podcast where I bring in women who I admire and love and revere. And um, this one happens to be an ancestor. And there's a connection to her, and I will explain that a little bit later. But um, she is full of grit after reading more about her life. And again, in this podcast, I want to share about these people, these inspirational women, um, so that they can be documented verbally for me and for my my posterity to be able to listen if if this book is you know long gone by the time my kids have kids and you know you can't hold on to this stuff forever so without further ado let me introduce you to Stella Stella was born um May 7th of 1894 in 1894 like that's a long time ago so Stella was my great grandmother and just to give you a little bit of information about about her her kind of history, and some of you might know where I'm going with this, but um, Stella wrote this in her own words. Uh, she says, I was born into this world a little cripple girl. She spelled it C-R-I-P-L-E. I was born into this world a little cripple girl, May 7th of 1894, to Elizabeth Arletta Smith Hutchings and Shepherd Chester Hutchings of Springville, Utah. My father was a farmer and my mother a wonderful housewife. They had nine children. There's one connection. <laughs> I have eight, but uh, Lu- Lula, myself, Blanche, Willis, Earl, Priel, Jesse, Edward, and Rowena. We were all born in Springville, Utah. Getting back to the story of my life, I couldn't do things like the other girls could do because I couldn't walk. My feet was turned backward and over on the sides. My wonderful parents had them operated on, which I am so thankful for. I would never have, I, I would have never had the wonderful husband I had or my lovely children, which I find interesting because she thinks that because she was a cripple, she must have thought she never would have gotten married. She never would have, would have been able to be married or have kids because she had crippled feet. Uh, I would have never had the wonderful husband I had or my lovely children. Isn't that interesting how things have like progressed? My dad's an amputee and he was worried about the same thing. Who was going to want to marry, you know, an, an amputee? Bonnie Bolt, my mom. Um, Dr. Robison of Provo did the operation when I was a little girl. My feet and legs were in casts for so long that my legs didn't develop like they should. Then I had crutches for so many years, but I had a lot of fun on these crutches. 
I remember a wide ditch that ran at the back of our place, and I would put my crutches in the center of it and would jump over it. And my mother would look at me to stop doing it, but it was fun. That reminds me of the movie Tremors. Me and my sisters love the movie Tremors with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> when they're on the big boulders and they get their stick and they're like, not pole vaulting, is it pole vaulting? Um, and they're going from boulder to boulder. She was doing the same thing with her crutches that Kevin Bacon was doing to escape the Tremors. Um, the big monsters that are coming under the earth. Uh, so if you could answer right now, I know what all of you, or most of you, if you have followed long enough to my history, would know what Stella suffered from. Stella's condition was called, drum roll please, club feet. Even in her condition, she still had to do her share of the work every day around the farm. She would hoe beets and had to wash and put the clothes through the ringer each day. Once, when Stella's sister Blanche came downstairs wearing Stella's new dress to go out on a date, Stella made her go back upstairs and take her dress off. <laughs> it's funny what they think is important and what they write about. Stella was a very hard and meticulous worker. Her home and yard were immaculate. Once, while canning tomatoes, Stella took a bottle out of the hot bath counter and went to screw on the lid. The bottle exploded and burned her chest very badly. Stella was an amazing woman. She would work right up to the delivery of her children. Once she was painting the house and she told the children to go get the doctor because the baby was coming. She then went in the house, had one pain, probably one contraction, and the baby was there. That reminds me of when I was teaching spinning for a long time. I taught spinning for like 15 years at the sports mall and I taught a 5.30 a.m. class and I could not get anybody to sub that class for me because it was at the butt crack of dawn, 5.30 a.m., right? So I taught a spinning class the day before I delivered. I couldn't even reach the handlebars because uh, my belly was in the way, but I did it. And I couldn't find a sub because nobody wanted to teach it, but I must have been subconsciously channeling great-grandmother Stella. Uh, she never went to the hospital for any of her children to have any of the children. She was a primary teacher. Later in her life, she did a lot of temple work. <laughs> this is my favorite line about her. Her family asked her why she never remarried after Grandpa passed away. And she would say, are you ready for this? I'm not going to take care of somebody else's old man. <laughs> Even though her life was hard, she had some things that were easier for her than the rest of the world. She died peacefully in her sleep at home, where she had borne all of those children still capable of total independent living, which is the way she would have it. So... I am connected to, to her with the fact that she had so many children, the fact that she had unmedicated babies, um, the fact that she didn't want to take care of anybody else's old man. <laughs> and um, I hope I get to die peacefully in my sleep. And the other thing that we have in, 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 in a, what's the word I'm looking for, that we share, the things that we like, um, are that she, or she loved ice cream. Loved it. Um, she, she, I'm just looking at some pictures of here that I will attach, but she was a powerful woman and um, I'm proud to call her my ancestor. But I wanted to tell you one of the stories about her when she was delivering one of her babies. She had, you know, the 1918 flu pandemic had come around. 
and it was it had killed I think 20 million people globally um, and it's interesting because in 1997 they had saved an 80 year old specimen of the virus and it turned out that it um, originated in pigs in American pigs uh, something about how birds um, infect the pig with a virus and the pig has to genetically like change or genetically mutate or something which then creates and causes a virus that is lethal and fatal for humans correct me if I'm wrong I am a no doctor that's just something something like that that I read but um, so there the war is going on the, is it the war? Yes, there is the war, World War One, as well as the Spanish flu of 1918. 7th, 1918. And Stella was shopping in downtown Springville and the deadly flu hit her. So she is now has contracted the, the Spanish flu of 1918. She was so ill that she crawled on her hands and knees two blocks to get home. She crawled on her hands and knees. You guys, this reminds me of when I was in my mission in Paraguay and I had my first kidney stone. And I <laughs> was hurting so bad. We had no phones. We had no car. We had no bikes. I crawled. I didn't really crawl on my hands and knees, but I was like bent over like I was bent in half, like curled up in a ball as I like walked like this to my leader's house so that I could use the phone that they had to call a doctor to come and help me through this horrible kidney stone experience. Um, and it was at three in the morning. So I feel for her <laughs> crawling on her hands and her knees, um, to get home. She's living with her parents at this time. And Stella was in her last trimester. Let's just add insult to injury of pregnancy. The doctor was sent for because Stella had gone into labor. The baby was born with the flu the next day, December 18th, December 8th, 1918, at 7.40 a.m. It was recorded from Stella that the doctor said, put him over in the corner, he won't last very long. Keith survived because of Stella's excellent care. Every night she would bathe him on the kitchen table. She would put powder on him, rub him down, and put Vaseline on his eyebrows and his eyelashes. So Keith happens to be my grandfather, my mom's dad. And I guess he was known for his extremely long eyelashes. And everybody uh, says that it was because of the Vaseline that she just bathed him in. So my grandfather, Keith Bolt, was born. And um, I believe it's Joseph Keith Bolt was his full name. So he is my grandpa, son of Stella. Stella had the club feet. Keith wasn't supposed to survive. They said, put him over in the corner. He's not going to make it. He's got the flu. They just kind of discarded him. But a mother's love and tender loving care um, saved him. And um, one quick funny story about grandfather Keith. Okay, you guys, this is hilarious. <laughs> he, um, in 1922... September of 1922, so he's four years old. Uh, a laxative company left a sample of chocolate-flavored laxatives on every door, door handle, every doorknob in the neighborhood. And Keith thought, of course, at four years old, what did he think it was? He thought it was candy, and he ate a whole block of it. So it is said that 
Keith Bolt coined the phrase Hershey squirts <laughs> from that one little adventure. I just thought that was so funny because that that has lived on <laughs> for decades, a century, more than a century that uh, Keith Bolt coined the phrase Hershey squirts. Anyway, moving on, uh, Keith and Mary Lou get married. This is my grandmother, obviously. They have 10 children. And one of those children is my mother, Bonnie Bolt. And Bonnie Bolt marries my dad, John Jepson. And then they have six children. And I am number five in that family of six. And in 2007, I got married and had eight children. And wouldn't you know it, 125 years later, I go to an ultrasound for my seventh baby. And I remember the nurse, the ultrasound technician going to get a doctor. And they both came back in and said, well, it appears that on your scan, we have detected that this little boy has a club foot. And I remember, I, I knew what it was. I knew that it was a foot that was like bent backwards like this. I think my first question was, is it clubbed foot or club foot? And I think that she said it's clubbed, but everybody just says club foot. It's just interesting where my mind went first. I wanted to know the exact specific term that it's called. But 125 years later, that stinking gene, that stinking chromosome <laughs> survives. 125 years, multiple generations and family members, and skips this person and that person and lands on Nico. And my little Nico was born with a club foot, right clubbed foot, unilateral club foot. And, you know, we call it his lucky fin, his special appendage, whatever you want to call it. But sometimes I'm like, in my head, I'm like, damn you, Stella. And other times, um, I feel a piece of her and her grit, like flowing in, in me, which then flows into Nico and, and it has been a journey and his club foot experience is an entire podcast, if not more than one, uh, for another day. And I will talk about that cause it was definitely challenging and also rewarding to see how far he has come and the differences in their treatment back in 1894, um, there was, there was, there was no Ponsetti method. There was no Dr. Ponsetti that came up with what is practiced now. It was have club feet and, and have surgery later as a kid, use crutches. You can't run, walk, do any of the things that other kids are doing and you're called a cripple. And in today, in today's world, there's a Shriners hospital. And there are orthopedic surgeons and orthopedic doctors who uh, can sh change the shape of a child's foot so they can walk on it, run on it, and, and play like a normal, regular kid. So I'm so thankful for the example of Stella, that she fought through it, that she um, didn't let it get the best of her, and she allowed it to make her stronger. She allowed it to help her develop 
um, a skill set, a a drive, a mentality of never giving up. And I hope that I can instill that in my little Nico, my little clubfoot cutie, as they're called. So thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed as much as I did taught learning about Hershey squirts, crippled grandmothers, uh, and where the 1918 flu came <laughs> came from, and about my precious little Nico. It is Julie Jepson signing off.